So today, we're here at the Blooming is a Habit podcast with Dries Villamed, an amazing, amazing scuba instructor, wellness coach, and just overall amazing person and educator. We're here today to talk to her about her experiences in the U.S., um, in the wellness industry, always inspiring people and literally motivating them to be their best selves, but also her experiences while living in South Korea recently. Um, over the past, uh, hmm, how many months, Dries? nine or so um, I, it's about eight months now eight months yeah yes. so my first question is and and i just want to say before i ask the question that Dries um is just absolutely amazing um she i hired her once to do a, a bloom camp which was a fitness and goal setting um workshop session where people just got to just be themselves and i was so inspired after just looking at her, you know, motivate the people that came in that day, but also watching her presence online. And I think that people really need to hear what you have to say about just like your life experiences and what you see in the world now and how we can all just um, strive to become our best selves. So my first question is, who are you? Um, thank you so much <laughs> for that lovely introduction. Of <laughs> Made me all giddy. Um, <laughs> so who am I? Um, that's a very good question. Um, I would probably describe myself as a, first of all, I am from Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. I was born in Dominican Republic and I moved to the States when I was about six years old. So I have grown up, grown up in the United States most of my life. Um, but I definitely have a very strong sense of my Latin, Latina roots. Um, and that is something that I see very prominent in my life. So I would, if I could describe myself, I would say I am a passionate Latina who loves dancing. Um, as Stephanie <laughs> mentioned, I teach Zumba. But apart from that, I am also a very big health advocate in all aspects of health, not just like physical health, even though that's the career path that I um, stepped into while in college. Um, I am very big on all aspects of health, so mental, um, spiritual, and all of that. So I would say, yeah, that that's kind of something that would I would say who who I am. Yeah, thank you. No, it's really and and also a fellow Terp, right? University of Maryland. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so small world. I'm sure a lot of Turks will be listening to this. <laughs> Not that it matters. All love for all places. Um, but pretty cool. And I just wanted to see, so what, when you were in the, in the U.S., um, what inspired you to, you know, enter, you said stepped into um, the field of like physical fitness, but you also, you know, I see it as kind of this kind of spiritual, you know, development too, this personal development, because getting people to dance is the hardest thing ever. So the fact that you could like literally convince people to show another side of themselves or even in your physical training like you know just put themselves out there with no knowledge of how to like use gym equipment or like be in this kind of group um kind of you know boot camp environment how how did you get like well first why did you choose like what inspired you to choose that career path or what that to be one of your career paths yeah so i originally wanted to study medicine um i actually mm. started as a pre-med major um, and then things just started kind of evolving and 
I wanted to go into physical therapy. So I was kind of finding my niche within the um, health field. And mm-hmm. I ended up falling in love with um, just the exercise field and the well-being. So wellness in right. general. And I coincidentally started taking Zumba classes about the same year that I started college at University of Maryland. And I fell in love with it. I mm-hmm. It brought something out of me that like, I've always loved to dance as a kid, but it was one mm-hmm. of those things that... Um, you kind of just put in the back burner. You just forgot to do or forgot that you liked. I never took classes. Um, so when I took that Zumba class, I just remember the feeling that like, oh my God, I love this so much. So I took yeah. the training, started teaching. And then coincidentally, it was kind of like college path and then Zumba path. And they kind of just met. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I love this whole exercise thing. You bring people together, um, group exercise specifically. Then I did get into personal training as well, but just group exercise in general kind of, um, I could just tell, um, you know, the music, everybody together, the sense of community, the bonds that people, you know, create. Um, Zumba is definitely my preference. It's my baby. It's my to go to because with the music, it's something that ties also into my culture because it's Latin music. So I think the, the, when people describe what they have felt in my classes, um, it's that they there's something more than just like exercise and they're like you shine when you are dancing to like a song that you love and Mm -hmm. so I think that um people can sense that um because I give it my all because I'm having so much fun so I think when you do something that comes from the heart people can generally sense that so I had people um in my class who also felt that and then they felt good and then it was kind of like a little domino effect but um that's kind of what I say I kind of just felt into this um field because then it kind of also tailored into um a little bit of public health I was in corporate wellness for a while I worked at the Mm -hmm. FDA and at the Federal Reserve Board in DC so I was in charge of their wellness department pretty much so that's awesome it it included the exercise you know the fitness centers that those that the facilities have but also wellness programs to you know just initiate like a work-life balance for the employees Mm -hmm. um and I loved it absolutely loved it It was one of my Mm -hmm. favorite jobs um again that just that community um involvement of what I could do for those employees totally that's amazing and for for the FDA what how do you find that job like how did, cause I'm, I'm going to make the big jump from at least I see your, your, um, <laughs> your Facebook like followers and Instagram followers. A lot of them are in similar, at least for their side job, like they're doing mm-hmm. Zumba on the side or some physical fitness on yeah. the side. Like how do you make, like, I, I'm all about like alignment. And when I hear that you did Zumba and you directed the FDA's uh, corporate wellness program, I'm like, yes, like that's amazing. <laughs> Because, like, not that it matters where you did it, but you picked two professions that were in alignment. And it sounds like they both bring you complete joy. Well, they brought you joy and do still in certain ways. So what advice would you give other people to, like, really step out and, like, make sure that they're not cheating themselves? Like, that sounds harsh when I said that. But what I really mean by it is, like, if we're not living... We all know what we love, but I, I found that in my work, so many people, they don't think that they can do what they love because it they seem so far away or moonshot, mm-hmm. but if they like, or they're like in a job where they have to like make ends meet, they have a family support or just themselves to support, and they don't see how they can take the leap 
to a career that would actually feel fulfilling, how would you, like, what advice would you give them to, like, align your main job and your side job until you get in a position where you only need one or one business or whatever? Yeah, I definitely think that's something that we all struggle with, and we all struggle with it at different times. I think people think that, you know, once you do it, once you get over it once, like it's never going, it's, that's mm-hmm. it. You're never going to have to deal with it again. Cause I would say personally right now, professionally right now, I am also refiguring things out. Um, mm-hmm. we'll get into that, but I think what helped me then was, um, I would, yeah, I think I just followed what, what felt good. Mm. Um, yeah. And that's hard. You know, I think it is definitely a challenge to list, to learn, to, to learn, to listen to yourself. You, you'd think it'd be easier. <laughs> I was yeah. like, how is this a thing that we're not taught? Listen to yourself until you're a yeah. lot older. But totally. yeah, I think also, I mean, I, I always think about that job at the FDA, even though that was my stepping stone. So I wasn't the director then, um, right. the manager at that position, I was like a specialist and then I moved on to the assistant manager. So I went on, you know, little by little, but mm-hmm. that job definitely came from God, the universe. I remember applying and, um, I liked what I saw. I didn't get like all of the, like, I didn't really understand hundred percent what I was getting into, but right. there was something that I loved about it. And yeah. And I, and I absolutely, um, I applied and I got it and it kind of, then I started teaching Zumba at my full-time time. I'm like, wait, what? Nice. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, exactly. Like Zumba is definitely like a hobby, something that I enjoy to do, but it's something that has provided income and it's something that has provided opportunities. Right. As it should. What else are we here to do but what we love? I mean, the funny thing for me is if I believe, and I know it's hard because it's such like, even for me, it was a revolutionary idea that I felt like I was on the ledge of something, like the ledge of a cliff. Mm-hmm. And I was like taking this big jump to like own like, hey, I love this. Uh, I'm good at this. I've trained for this. Or even like you said, as you, even if you train for it, like you can study something in college all day long or study stuff online, but you still might not feel ready because you're like trying to put all the pieces together. Yet, yeah. like you said, you didn't know all the pieces, but you just had to take the leap. And I think that's so, I think that's going to speak to a lot of people because job descriptions will have so many things and you just, you know, you won't feel like you're enough sometimes, but yeah. you have to know, like, look, <laughs> I can do this. Yeah. yeah and I, so go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to make a, a bad joke that I just the one <laughs> I've learned from President Trump, um, and there's nothing else but this, but to be confident no matter what you do. Exactly. Yeah, like, if he can be confident, then, and and this, you know, I I am the most bipartisan person, but, you know, in all, you know, respect to other people, but I don't think um, he's doing the best job for us at at all right now, but my point is, he is always putting on the face of confidence. And I think that's something we all can do and we'll probably do a better job of actually getting <laughs> our jobs. Yeah, I think definitely you just have to kind of just step into it. Like I do remember that that position that I interviewed for and I think another position down the road that I ended up interviewing for, um, I didn't get like all the questions, right, that they asked. Like they were asking mm-hmm. stuff about um, exercise guidelines and what you were doing. I was like, I have no idea. Right. Um, and I didn't like answer it correctly, but I just, 
gave my best and right. could tell and they were like well at least she's trying and like she just went for it and I think if I'm going back to I'm going back to what I felt yeah. I didn't feel like I think about like what you just said right now in terms of um how sometimes we get just so focused on looking at the job title and looking at the description and mm-hmm. looking at like you know the I don't know I guess like the the cover of what you're going to be doing like right. I didn't really pay attention to any of that and I kind of just um I don't know kind of just was I what I'm feeling is like I kind of was just trusting whatever was coming without mm-hmm. actually um questioning too much just That's trusting good. my gut but I don't even think I thought about that like if I'm thinking about mm-hmm. it now and looking back into that point in my life it wasn't even something that I was just thinking about I was just going with the flow right um that's amazing. And I think, how do you think people lose that? Like, where do, where do you think we lose that ability? Because I think so often when we're kids and teenagers and young adults were able to go with the flow. What, what do you think gets in the way of us stopping that or pausing it? For me personally, it's, I have two big ones that I've been able to identify in the last couple of years and I'm working on it. I am an overthinker. <laughs> so I tend to if I'm thinking about something too much, I already know that I'm going to ruin it for myself. That self-sabotage thing is real. Totally. <laughs> um, and the second one for me is also, I am very a go, 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 go person and I don't pause enough. Yeah. So I know that when I am in this go, go, go mood, when I'm just doing, 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 and I'm not allowing myself to um, not think, but feel what I'm doing that I am kind of just I'm just trying to stay busy to avoid the feeling and the feeling is what's going to tell me if I am in the my intuition that feeling is what's going to tell me if I'm going the right way or if I need to kind of deviate a little bit so I have been able to identify that okay if I'm in this go 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 mood I'm avoiding a feeling so I need to stop you know pause back and just kind of ask myself okay does this feel right right Um, this is this is what gets in our way that we don't yeah. like trust our intuition. I think so often we're like told from like society or our teachers, our parents, um, we're equally encouraged, but equally told like, no, don't do that. <laughs> or that's not a good idea when you're really exactly. like, oh, I got this. Yeah, and you listen to other people and all that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Well, how did you how did you make the jump to South Korea? Because you're currently living in South Korea right now, right? Yes. So, um, so like I mentioned, I was working for the Federal Reserve Board in DC as the, um, I was a health fitness program manager right. at that position and absolutely loved it. Cried so much when I left, but I had been feeling for the last couple, I was there for two years and a half, three, mm-hmm. almost three years. Wow. Um, and I kind of was just feeling like in the company, I hit a plateau. Um, right. There wasn't really much else to go much else, okay. like, somewhere else to go within the, within the position, within the company. And I knew that I wanted to get my master's, but I've been struggling figuring out, you know, which way to go. I started a program, you know, two, three years ago and I didn't love it. I'm like, you know, I don't want to waste money. Right. Totally. That's real. And just seeing the experience that I have gotten with, you know, working in the government, working in the health field, you know, getting my master's, all the public health classes that I've taken. So I was just kind of like in this, um, yeah, I kind of feel like I reached my 
my limit at that job of what I could potentially do. So I decided to kind of figure out my next steps, but I wasn't sure what that was. So one of my goals in my life has always been to live in a different country. Mm. Um, I think it teaches you a lot. Yes. And that's just been something that I've always wanted to do. And I originally wanted to do it to Europe, but I also have bills. So I needed to get, <laughs> I needed to go somewhere that I could at least um, make, you know, I got to live, make some money, um, things like that. So I was researching and I have some friends who have taught English here in Korea. Right. And, you know, they've gotten pretty good experience with it. So I did my research, I asked around and I thought about it for quite a bit. Like I kind of just had it in the back of my brain right. as an idea. Um, I had some personal things going on at the moment as well. But once I realized, I was like, you know what, it's now or never. Um, right. Everything just worked out um, how it was meant to be. And here I am. Wow. That's, I, I remember witnessing, um, I think I messaged you for something and then you said you were about to go there. I was just like, wow, <laughs> like that's amazing, you know? And it's funny, like now you're able to simplify the story, but can you share like, cause I'm, there are a lot of people um, that are in my audience that love to travel, are also considering moving to a different place in the world. Well, maybe not now, of course, but when everything settles as everything does, um, looking to still live abroad, um, or just have a new experience in life that they feel like they can't. Or, you know, it's funny, like, the old questions that I would have for you, they, they still remain, but they kind of shift because we don't know how long um, we'll be in this moment. But I think no matter what, I'm always telling people who ask me, like, I know that the future will be there. Um, and it's our job to create what that looks like. So uh, what advice would you give to people on like going to a new country, um, like what is that, what things that you have to deal with to, to tell yourself like this is okay to do? I think a lot of people have trouble giving themselves permission to do the thing that they want to really do. And how did you like convince yourself that you have permission <laughs> to do what you want right. to do? <laughs> yeah, and I, I struggled with that. Um, I, so my, I brought my mom to the United States when I was 21. Wow. So my mom lived in Dominican Republic. Um, I lived here with my dad when I was little, but when okay. I turned 21, one of my goals was I'm going to bring my mom to the U S. So when I brought my mom to the U S I was 22, I was still in college. I was still working. She didn't know English. She didn't know how to drive. She didn't have a job. So right. I pretty much not had to, yeah, I had to teach her. <laughs> yeah. No, um, you're a boss. That's as simple as that. You're a boss. <laughs> 21 year olds can do that. Um, yeah. So I think like, and the reason I bring that up is because I spent the early couple years of my twenties kind of, I don't want to say taking care of my mom, but yes, in a sense, she's yeah. in a new country. She doesn't know. She had to learn a lot mm -hmm. of things about how, you know, things work. She had to get a job. She had to learn how to drive. So I was like, I had to question myself. I'm like, okay, am I, if I leave, is she going to be okay? Right. If I totally. move away, is she, you know, am I allowed to do this? Like I brought her here. Yeah. Is this valid for me to finally go ahead and live my dream. You know, mm -hmm. I don't have kids or anything, but right. I definitely struggled with that a little bit. Um, so I, I had to just step back and realize like, okay, here are my boundaries with my mom, because you have to have boundaries with everybody. Yes, you do. <laughs> um, and I realized like, you know what, it's not, this is the time for me at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. I have to do this for myself. Like I put that 
I put that in my to myself like I have to do this this is not I will regret this if I don't do this when I am older and I am a very um I live by that I I think you know you have to learn how to live day by day so I just was like okay I I owe myself this opportunity because Mm -hmm. it's going to teach me something so I think when you really you know prioritize yourself and trusting that you know what you want is really what you want, what you're looking for is out there looking for you too. So yes. Um, oh, thank you for saying that. Can you repeat that for the audience? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really believe that. I think like what you are looking for is really looking for you too. Yes. Um, I think I said a little different, but <laughs> it's the same idea. And why yeah. do you think that? Like why? Cause I, I've come across that, that idea recently too. And it was so revolutionary for me and help me to really trust in, like you said, I respect all people, whatever they believe. I, I use the word universe a lot, but I definitely respect how, like, I think it is the equivalent to what, like, mo- many people say is God. Um, and so, like, this, this higher power. Um, but how, what, what in your life has kind of made you trust that? Because I, I think a lot of people listening to this, um, this will not be, this is a reoccurring theme in pretty much every episode. And so what I hope to do with my, the guests that come on are to like show people different perspectives of people who are just go-getters and to know that being a go-getter doesn't mean that you don't have times where you're like, I don't know what I'm doing right now, but my heart is telling me that I need to go in this direction. So this, you said that, um, I'm paraphrasing, but that the thing that you want to do is looking for you too, or the person or the event yeah. or the place. And what, what if, what, what, not like evidence, cause I'm on board with you, but for the, for the people trying to convince themselves, how would you like kind of share your perspective on that? I think, so if, I'm trying to think of specific examples or something that wouldn't take like a whole time to explain but oh <laughs> no, it's I definitely fine. think that yeah you you vibrate yeah. I believe a lot of energy you know totally of course I mean anytime you meet anybody you can kind of sense different things so I think mm-hmm. when you're feeling something that feeling automatically makes you make decisions subconsciously most of the time that mm-hmm. are going to lead you to where you need to be so right. you it's kind of like you create those opportunities and you tend to find what you're looking for but it's because also those things are out there so it's not this mystical thing where like oh well I'm looking for this and it's gonna find me no I really think that we have more power than we believe yes and it's when you are wanting something, when you have this feeling, you tend to make decisions that'll kind of guide you um, little by little to getting somewhere. And I'm a, this is an example that just came up to my head. I okay. was going through a really hard time 2019. I think 2019 shook a lot of us. Um, and I was learning what it meant to be vulnerable and things like that. But I, it was still like in the tip of the iceberg like I hadn't really you know dug in too much into the work and I was in New York City actually with my sister we were in Bryant Park just kind of going around it was like around Christmas time and actually it was 2018 sorry 
Mm -hmm. So it was like the end of 2018, early 2019. And I, we were in Bryant Park and they had like this Christmas, you know, the ice skating ring and the whole scene. And we were like <laughs> shopping around and having hot chocolate. And we stopped at this little used bookstore and we were like, oh, let's check it out. Let's see if we could get some books. So we went inside and I remember picking up these books that I just picked up. I didn't even, I was like, oh, this seems interesting. I'm very into self-development. So I kind of grabbed books and that I saw and they were really cheap. And I, yeah. I, my sister looked at one and I think one was like a deep rock stroke. Um, oh, Chopra. Yeah. Yes. Deepak, Chopra. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was that book. And then the other book was of Renee, Brene Brown. Oh, and oh I my, my sister, <laughs> no my sister like, which one do you want? And I took immediately um, the book with Brene Brown, which is yeah. The Gifts of Imperfection. Mm. And when I tell you, I finished that book in a week and it wow. transformed everything that I, need to I read had it. been looking for. I was oh. like, I don't know. I, and you can sit here and be like, oh, well, it was a coincidence that I found that book. But no. I don't believe in coincidences. You were and ready I, for that book. And you I picked was ready it up for that book. Yeah, you were ready for that book. I read that book and I just, it was like this whole understanding of what it meant to be imperfect. Mm -hmm. I dealt with perfectionism my whole life and just trying to do things the best that I could. And I, it pretty much led to the entire next year of a lot of healing and a lot of things that I had to just undo. Um, but I still think back to that day. I'm like, finding that book was, was heaven sent. Yeah. And I don't even think like, it wasn't like, oh, God came and put that book in my eyesight. No, I think deep down, I was already looking for this. Yeah. And the fact that I saw something that was in perfection, it caught my eye subconsciously. And I was like, oh, I want to read this book. Had no idea who Brene Brown was. And then now we obviously, most of us know who she is. Right. And that book costs like five bucks. Um, and nice. <laughs> so I think little things like that, um, they're not coincidences. And I think if people learn to appreciate and just pay attention to those little things more, um, totally. they would guide us. Totally. Oh my gosh. And it's like, for me, it's like the secret of the universe or one yeah. of them you know, to listen to your intuition, because no matter what, you have to follow through. Have ever read The Alchemist? Um, I have thing. not read uh, all of it, but I've, like, saw seen quotes from it, and, yeah. you know, but please, go ahead, talk about it, though. Yeah, no, it's just the kind of, um, just talks on that, on those little, um, talks about omens, which are, like, little guides of life that kind of are telling you you're in the right path it's kind of like mm -hmm. in a story form but yeah. same thing it's kind of like finding that um it's not a secret it is a secret but <laughs> it's not really a secret because we all know that it's real but it's mm -hmm. it's specific to each one of us right. um it ties a lot into you know everybody has a different story everybody right. has a different background so when you start piecing all the pieces together of you know things from your childhood what what really makes you tick what really makes your heart kind of just like you know everybody has that feeling where you're like oh okay like those butterflies um like right. I have it right now speaking to you <laughs> um, so yeah I think if you can learn to follow that you are on the right path right oh well I'm glad you said that the butterflies right because the butterflies it can be tricky because you can feel like you're nervous to do something while at the same time feeling like I have to do this, right? Which can be two competing, well, seemingly competing ideas or feelings.
but it's like like you said like do you feel like there's a woman named um, Marie Forleo and she does like she's like a, a life coach personal development coach and does this stuff for a mass like everything we're talking about for a mass audience and she's actually interviewed Bre Brene Brown which is how I even heard of her um but she talks about following your intuition and do you feel expansive about it or like you know kind of uh, wanting to go into like this baby fetal position like I don't want to do it at all I'm scared I'm scared I'm scared and this feels horrible um, but I think feeling expansive means like I'm scared but I'm willing to grow like I want to keep seeking I want to keep like being on this journey and then the question that I often get and it's from like I'm, I'm so grateful that I've been able to literally speak so three-year-olds all the way to like 70-year-olds, 80-year-olds about personal development um, and like feelings and empathy. And I, ever, it doesn't matter what the age, but usually older because kids, they're pretty free-flowing, most of them, until the world tells them that they are doing things wrong, um, which saddens me. But uh, we all have the opportunity to heal. But what I realized is that a lot, like I think I said earlier, a lot of people are always thinking they need permission and they don't allow themselves to feel expansive because they say, well, this, like you could have said like, well, my mom needs me. And that could have been the final story. And of course, like, you know, we want to be there. I have that same thing with my parents. Um, both of them have some, a few medical conditions that make things a little challenging. Well, a lot challenging. <laughs> for them and it's been a challenge not living like right next to them in the same city and if I ever move away further that's something that I always um I don't want to use the word fear because I try not to live in fear but I can I try to acknowledge like it is something that makes me a little nervous but if I'm taking on an opportunity that will help me then I can help them better and I know that's something a lot of our a lot of the audience members will be dealing with so I appreciate you saying that like even you on this interview or like when you're doing Zumba or when you're teaching your students like people look at like the profession or the thing you do and it makes it seem like you've got it all together but like none of us have it all together we're just all trying our best and trying to live as freely as possible right yeah and I think like um part of learning about yourself too is so there's a difference in having you know like you say like excited butterflies and like yes. the, the panic I'm not safe mm, yes and that comes with learning about yourself that's one thing that I learned a lot about um in therapy too of like understanding totally. just how your body is how, how your mind works and how, how it was designed to work so like a lot if you're entering into like that fight or flight mode mm -hmm. um it feels much different than when you are nervous and excited about, you know, taking on a project or, exactly. you know, so I think, you know, just learning to kind of, um, what's the word, you know, look back in your life and see, okay, how did this feel? How did that feel? So kind of, um, can't think of the word right now, but just gauging, having like a, like a, mm -hmm. something to compare. Totally. Yeah. Like an internal compass and, yes, yes, and like yes. thermometer too. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, like mm, I thought this before, or no, different. Mm, what should totally. I do? And that's when the pause comes into place too. Mm -hmm. And it, and it's so tricky because you know, I mean, this is a little different, but I was looking at a um, some article and it was talking about the increase in um, 
and domestic violence right now due to the quarantine and around the world. And it was saying like, even in London right now, they were like, usually there are like three cases a week, unfortunately, but this particular week, last week, there were 12 cases um, in one city. And um, they also talked about how some domestic um, violence victims, they wait two years before they feel like they can go out to get help. And of course that's not everybody, but, um, you know, just the idea that you can suppress your feelings because of, you know, a myriad of circumstances and not be able to, like, reach out for help for so many reasons. It's, it just shows, like, it, that's an extreme case, but I think that as humans, we often suppress our feelings and for a very long amount of time, and my goal is to help people to see, like, you deserve to analyze your, your feelings for a long time but like when you know what the answer is like you have to reach out for help and um and you're not failing by getting help in any way shape or form no. um you're not failing you're winning because <laughs> you're going to be able to fix that, that challenge so quickly yep exactly yeah well, I have a question, because um, we're, we're nearing the end of our interview, but not yet, though. I still have a few more questions for you. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm wondering, how has your experience, and now you said that, and I, I did a little bit of research. Um, the reason I say, I mean, I did look at a lot of stuff, but <laughs> I say a little bit because I am not an um, expert on um, South Korea <laughs> or how they handled the COVID case all the way, but I did see that, you know, they didn't order a lockdown, but like you said, people, um, they recognized that this was for the best interest of the nation to stay at home. Um, right. I'm wondering, what were your experiences like while staying at home? And what differences do you see um, in how, like, the social climate is in South Korea around quarantining and just, like, social distancing versus what you see, at least through your online social media audience and friends um, back in the U.S.? Yeah, I think um, there's a huge difference. Like, it <laughs> tremendously shocked me being here. Um, the culture has... So the culture of Korea in general um, is they are much more collective in a lot of things that they do, which I remember mm -hmm. noticing when, you know, when I moved here in the beginning. I'm like, oh, you know, it seems like everybody goes out and, and when you go out to eat, everybody shares food and like, wow. and it's not, and I was not used to, I was like, what? Right. <laughs> you know, everybody orders the same thing. It's like a big, you know, a big pot or soup or whatever. And then everybody right. just takes from it into a separate plate. Like it isn't like everybody right. gets own whatever they want. Right. And no, it's more of a, it's more like a collective idea for, for most things for like the general things. Um, right. So when this started happening here in, Korea we started getting a couple of cases we went from like Thursday we had like 50 to a Saturday we had like 450 wow. so as soon as we saw that um the government pretty much um you know started letting people know they were very transparent it was 150 percent transparency a website That's was created went away telling us what was happening and schools closed on Mondays and they pretty much just started advising people hey stay home right um, we had most of the cases happen in a city down south, about 300 kilometers away from here. It was um, like a specific church who ended up getting like a lot of the infect, the majority of the infections, right. but everybody just stayed home. 
um, right. I, things just started kind of um, slowing down, schools closed, and people were just advised, like, hey, stay home. This is highly contagious. If you have symptoms, right. don't go to hospital, call this number. So very organized, very clear directions. That's great. And people cooperated. Um, that was the first week. We were like, okay, well, how long is this going to last? And I'm not going to lie. In the beginning, you could feel the tension. You could feel the fear. Yeah. Um, but there wasn't any panic. That's good. Um, it wasn't like, for example, the supermarkets, you know, had more people because people were buying food to stay home, but it wasn't like a panic. It wasn't right, like, 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 like food everything. Not at all. At all. <laughs> this is the first week. Um, and I've talked to people who were in the city where it was mainly hit because I'm like, maybe it was different down there. And they're like, no, same thing. Everything, everybody went shopped in the beginning. And mm-hmm. then pretty much you saw like the streets deserted for the next right. two weeks then by like week three um you started seeing people going out a little bit more like I think one time I went hiking I took a hike and I saw maybe a couple people um because it's not like you weren't allowed to go out transportation has still been going on all of that Mm -hmm. um then by week three yeah like you know little by little people started going out more like you go to a cafe you see a couple people and people are just Mm -hmm. taking precautions um as much as possible so people do use masks here. You don't see anybody without a mask. And then by week four, I was back at work. Wow. My my preschool. So I'm like in a kindergarten, they open public schools are closed right now. They're doing online learning just because as an extra precaution. But other than that, nothing has been closed here. Um, My gym, I go to a fitness center. They were open through the whole main outbreak as well they really? closed for a few weeks recently just to kind of like implement yeah. some safety measures and i went back yesterday to the gym and yeah everything's wow. pretty normal um yeah. so our everybody's like so how long was your lockdown i'm like we were never in lockdown well right. how long was the quarantine i'm like well it was kind of like a self <laughs> quarantine right. for about a month and that was about it right and everything right. is mm, semi-normal I mean not a hundred percent normal like you know people aren't going trying to avoid large crowds things like that but you can still go eat you can still go out you can still go for a walk people are still outside and it's right that's amazing and I'm sure like there's some people gonna be wondering like um well a thank you because that was very helpful to see and it's interesting well I have two questions before I make any commentary how did you guys get masks like, the, this, like, where did you, how were you able to buy them? So here them? in Asia, because of pollution. Um, so I started wearing masks back in like October when oh. the pollution started getting bad here. Um, wow. We have already, like Asia has already a, well, at least um, because of China and things like that, we have already a pollution issue. So masks are already a common thing here for pollution. And it's a common practice where if you are sick here in Korea, mm-hmm. you wear a mask just mm-hmm. as a prevention so you don't spread your germs to other people. And it is normal. <laughs> it is just normal. So sometimes like I would see people and the, the air would be good and I would see people wearing masks and then I would ask and they're like, oh, maybe they're sick or they have like a little cold or a little yeah. stuffy nose or something. So as right. a precaution, people wear masks like that is just the culture interesting yeah so masks are already abundant here um so in the beginning you know people started buying a couple masks and that was the only thing that ran out here masks Mm -hmm. because obviously people were definitely buying as to have Mm -hmm. but as soon as like the government saw that people were like hoarding 
they right. shut that down real quick and wow. they implement, they were like, you're not allowed to do that. That's illegal. No price gouging, none of that. And they exactly. implemented a system. They were like, we're going to start providing masks for right now until we have enough. They implemented a system. I mean, this took two weeks for them to do. They implemented okay. a system where at the pharmacies, you could go buy masks depending right. on the last day of your birthday. So if oh. you were born, what year you were born in that last number, you would go on a certain day, very organized. So for example, I'm a one, I go on Mondays. So I think Mondays is like one and six numbers, Tuesdays, two and four, something like that. So right. you would go present your ID and they give you the two masks. So it's kind of like controlled for a little while, but they were still right. supplying it. Um, you know, they were like a dollar a piece and then that's it. So that's, that's what's so going smart. on right now, but we're getting more already. So, cause they've been able to produce more. <laughs> that's good but that was the only thing that was hard was being kind of like people were like okay we need masks we need masks but that makes right. sense yeah but as soon as you know it was definitely just taken care of by the government which is something that i've seen too here people trust their government a lot mm -hmm. um they were transparent from the beginning and they kind of like okay the government is telling us this this is what we're gonna do and mm -hmm. this is how they're handling it they're telling us how they're handling it and we see that it makes sense so we follow. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Wow. I think that, that answered your question. <laughs> no, that, no, it definitely answered my question. Um, that's, I, I'm kind of, I'm not left speechless very often, but <laughs> I'm just, I'm processing still. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. that's for one, I guess all I can say is that's awesome. I'm really happy because you know, I think this is a great example of how, like, from a macro level situation to micro, like, our personal development versus, like, a country's, like, decision-making processes, like, you have to just keep, like, doing what, as we we're talking about, like, doing what, like, following that guide, like, following what you know to be the right thing to do and not, like, backing away because if South Korea didn't do it so well, the world wouldn't have anyone to look to right now as a pleasant story about like this is how we can do this in a great way and right. it's not perfect but like this is the like a great solution because right. you know the news and there is no positives that are being highlighted which is why I'm even happy that I followed my intuition because at first I was going to start this interview about that and then I was like you know what nope nope, I want to know about Dries and her experiences because to me, that's how we're going to overcome this by staying positive and embracing like the sadness. Like, you know, of course, people, so many people are dying, but there are also people who will make it through this and we have to lead the next generation of people who will make it through. And right. I want to keep people um, like more on the side of what will you create as we enter this kind of new era because exactly. yeah how will you be how will you show up and you know I think it's ironic that people I mean I don't want to say it like that 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 isn't that's not that what I'm trying to say is I do think it's ironic but I think it's interesting that this is the time where people have to sit with themselves and have to get to know like who am I and right. who do I want to be it's mm -hmm. when I'm stuck in the house and I like stuck with hopefully a person I like or at least right. you know can tolerate and if I'm not who would I want to be when I'm not with someone I like or can tolerate and if I'm by myself ooh, like That's who am I right and so I think um 
I want people to feel like, like I've been, I've been grateful enough that I've been practicing meditation for the past four years where that hard part of sitting by myself, um, I was able to like recognize the scariness of it and, and then make it not scary, but like uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and then make it like, wait, why am I uncomfortable sitting alone in silence? Right. That was like, wait, why, why, hmm? What is that all about? And so I, I hope that people are able to take this time to like really reflect on just like, what are they all about? Like that, who am I question? Um, and because like, I know we were talking about like government decisions and, you know, strategic decisions, but I think how can we influence our government in a positive way if we can't figure out who we want to be, you know? And how can we make decisions and companies that, or movements that affect the everyday lives of our people during this? Because they, a lot of stuff will be virtual now. And I think that um, it's a time to like figure out how to have fun again, you know, and how to be productive in the way that suits your goals. So I guess I want to end the interview um, with asking you, like, what advice do you have for people to like, kind of rediscover themselves during this time of like because we are like most most states have decided to do an official lockdown and quarantine we can still go outside um but you have to be use common sense and not be um you have to be six feet away from people at least and now the government's advising that we do wear masks which was pretty late in the game and there are no masks available (laughs) pretty much anywhere or hand sanitizer (laughs) but um all that aside what do you suggest people do to like feel like they're whole at home um yeah I think like when I thought about this too I'm like the I think the people that are going to struggle the most with this are the ones who are at this in a stage in their lives where they are uncomfortable with themselves and I think all of us have gone through that stage of course um I was there four or five years ago um and I, I would just say, just, just be like, don't, don't do, don't force yourself to do anything that you don't want to. So if whatever comes up for your day is, you know, you just want to lay in your bed and, um, you know, watch a little TV, let yourself feel that. And then you'll know if you feel like you should be doing something else. Um, I think what helps me too, is just, you know, thinking good things about yourself. What do you like about yourself? What, what makes you feel good? What, um, what makes you happy? And even if you feel like, okay, I'm kind of crazy. Like I dance in my room. Um, <laughs> Same you know, here. I was alone, you know, I was alone. I'm alone in a country actually, you know. Oh my gosh. Family. Totally. I like my company. I like me myself, but I also, I, I'm a person that feeds off the energy of others. So mm-hmm. it was challenging not having like my kids, not having a you know, the, my, my children who I teach English to not having yeah. anyone to just talk to. So mm-hmm. I had to just get really creative and just like, there were days where I just like, I just sat there and I was like, okay, yeah. All right. This is fine. I cannot, I am just being, um, and I think of it like, um, like a tree, you know, a tree just is there. It is. Yeah alive and they're strong and yeah they're breathing and they're they're there and so I say that all the time it's amazing and they endure like rainstorms and pain and well well maybe I shouldn't say pain I don't know what they how they 
okay it's how they take the energy that in but they're like out there in the elements and yeah. they had the sunny days the rainy days and they still like you say they're strong and make it through they're just there. and we can do the same yeah and we have to learn how to be uh, you know uncomfortable in the midst of the uncomfortable in the midst of the unknown which is hard i'm yeah. going through it right now still i think a lot totally. of us are- <laughs> uh, yeah me too me too uh, well Jace, thank you so so much this was an amazing interview and oh, I, I would definitely i'm going to link um uh, everyone to your instagram page um and they can find you at uh Dries Nettie, um and i'll 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 like link everything so don't worry um and just thank you thank you so much for your insights and i know people are going to benefit from this so much i definitely enjoyed um speaking to you as well it's been a while and just you know i've had this on my heart for a long time too people keep asking me so i'm definitely grateful to you for the opportunity of course thank you so much thank you all right well you guys keep blooming keep rising keep reaching out for help and just live your best life. This is Blue Me as a Habit podcast. Have a good day.